What's up? What's up? How are you? It is Friday, September 10th, 2021. I am Lisa Page and you're listening to the Lisa Page Made Me Do It podcast. I haven't done an episode since before my first inaugural event, the Lisa Page Made Me Do Dallas soiree. You know, before I hit 10K on Instagram, I kept talking about doing a 10K soiree. But to plan an event like that, you have to start planning prior. And it felt silly to plan a 10K soiree when I wasn't at 10,000 followers on Instagram. So when I hit it last October, that was super fun and I was so excited. And then I remember the next week, my whole family had COVID. Not that that had anything to do with me planning an event, but it was hard to get into the planning mode when there are We're still so many states issuing these ridiculous mandates and so many of you were home homeschooling your children and we just, you know, couldn't figure out a good time. So finally, you know, we get through all the holidays and the spring and I remember at the very beginning of the summer, maybe it was closer to the end of May, my friend LJ who works with Stu and I, well him and Stu had been talking about doing some type of event for me, with me, and we thought, well, let's maybe start thinking about it, plan it towards the end of the summer. That gives everybody enough time to think about it or book tickets. And surely by then we'll be past all of this insanity with mandates and restrictions. So that's kind of where we started was like towards the end of May, thinking about what it would, you know, be and the amount of people we would have. I always wanted to do a smaller event. You know, it's not like I'm some newbie to this little influencer game here. I've been doing this type of thing for the last 20 something years. I started at FLZ in Tampa when I was 21. And I've just been blessed with working with program directors who got it. That was like my niche. That was my little like hot spot topic was finding things that I discovered, whether it was a new recipe or a makeup product or a new store at whatever the local mall was. And I would talk about it on the radio and I was never stifled. I never worked with a program director that said, stop talking about what you love. Stop talking about your favorite food finds. But again, when I was doing all of this and talking about this amazing mascara that I found at Walgreens on sale for $6.99. All I had was a radio audience. This was before Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat. I think maybe MySpace was out for three seconds before that went away. But all I had was uh, my my radio show, which, which helped me build a listener base and an audience. And if you've been around and, and you've been following me for some time now, you saw how it all went down. I had a little like generic blog. And I remember when the flip cameras were big, that was one of the first things I bought. And I remember thinking to myself, getting that camera, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I'm going to go to all the stores. I'm going to go to the whatever, King of Prussia Mall. I'm going to film me going to the Nordstrom beauty counters and picking up all these products and telling people about them. And then of course, uploading the video and sending it to our web guy and having him put it on my radio station website. Like I really built an audience because of my past radio shows. So now to have this podcast is phenomenal. And obviously the social media aspect of everything is like icing on the cake. 
when it came to an event, I just kept thinking, okay, we got to get back to what we did at the very beginning before my Pamper with Page events really took off. We started at basic. We just had people come to the radio station. We had a few local businesses, Bath and Body Works. My friend Mike, who was managing Sephora at the time, came, brought little gift bags. It was just a couple hours where we brought in 20 listeners that I had given tickets out to on the air in previous weeks leading up to that event. And and that's what sort of catapulted the events and made them bigger and better. I mean, every single one was just better than the last. And that's because we had the backing of an entire radio sales team. You know, they knew they could make money for the radio station if they went to these local businesses around the area and the Philly area and in the New York and Jersey area and sold and they would spend money, the businesses, and then we would put out commercials for them. And then they would bring their business to my event and for a couple hours, sit there and consult about Botox or do blowouts. Or, you know, maybe there was somebody, I, Teresa Judice came and did a book signing at one of the events we had in New York. I mean, it was amazing. And I have not done an event like that in probably 10 years. So to have it here in Dallas, where I live now, it was so exciting. And I did really intentionally want it to be on the smaller side because I wanted to have the time with my people. I didn't want you to feel rushed. I didn't want to feel rushed. I really wanted to um, talk to you and get to know you and have a conversation and not rush through it. And so that was the whole idea. We ended up having it at this Italian restaurant, one of my favorites in town. And it was so much fun. The only problem was that I had no voice, none. And that's because earlier in the week, rewinding back to the Wednesday before the Saturday of my event, I woke up with a sore throat. I talked about this on Instagram stories, not to rehash everything, but long, long, long story short, I woke up with a sore throat. I went and dropped my kids off at school and went to an urgent care, this urgent care that my husband and I usually go to because we're normally never sick. So we don't have a primary doctor. I mean, we do now. We do now after this whole debacle, but we did not at the time. So I went to the urgent care in the morning. I waited over an hour to be seen. Then they wouldn't give me a steroid shot unless I took a COVID test. And I was like, I'm not doing the COVID test. I'm not doing a COVID test. It's not happening. So they ended up testing me for strep. And thankfully I did not have it. Praise the Lord. But because I didn't have strep, they could not prescribe me a Z pack. The whole morning sucked. The rest of the day sucked. But by Thursday, my throat was feeling better. But Thursday night, I could feel so much raspiness in my voice. And by Friday morning, I mean, midday Friday, I did not have a voice all Friday night. It was awful. Like Bible friend Lindsay came over to help me with wrapping. Actually, she ended up wrapping everything, but wrapping all these little, um, gifts and stuff that we had for our guests that, that were coming to the event for the next day. But I really just could not speak. I was using one of those like text translators, and they say when you have a sore throat or you have laryngitis, it's even worse to whisper. Like you just need to sit in silence. And for me, it's impossible. It's like expecting Joe Biden to be awake and alert and coherent. It just will never happen. Okay. It will never happen. 
So um, all Friday night, Lindsay came over and bless her, uh, brought me all this tea. And, I, you know, I really just hardly said anything. She kind of sat at the kitchen table with Ainsley and wrapped all these little gifts. And then I just kept praying and praying and praying, Lord, please just give me something for tomorrow. Something, of course, typical, like this is totally my life. My friend Allie, who is like one of our worship leaders at church, beautiful amazing singer. She messaged me and was like, you need to get this singer spray. It tastes awful, but we all use it. When our voice is feeling hoarse, you just got to spray it in the back of your like throat and, and just suck it up and swallow it. It's nasty, but I promise it works. So I was Instacarting for the next day delivery. So I would get this singer stuff before my event started and it came and by the grace of God, I, I had a little bit of a voice. I mean, a 5% vocal range by Saturday morning. It still was impossible for me to speak. I did barely, but it was painful. I know it was painful for everybody who was at our, you know, little luncheon to listen to me because I sounded horrible. It was awful. And then by the end of the day, after everybody left, it's probably around five o'clock by the time I got home, I didn't want to speak. I did not want to talk. It just hurt. Everything hurt. <laughs> And even the following few days after, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I still wasn't 100%. And I still don't think I'm 100%. My voice is not back to normal, but at least I do have a voice. But the event itself, I can't explain to you how grateful and thankful I am to those of you who came. And listen, don't get it twisted. I got lots of messages from a bunch of you that wanted to come but couldn't make it, or you had conflicting events. I understand. I understand that not everybody has the extra funds to book a flight, to book a hotel room, to be Ubering all over the place and then buy a ticket to the event. But to those who came, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even though I couldn't hardly speak, I so enjoyed the conversations, the whispers that we had and I loved connecting with so many of these women. And it was as if we knew each other, we had all been friends because of the constant back and forth conversations that have taken place over the years simply through social media or email. So it was such a great time. I only wish that I had a voice next time. I'm If I have to be quiet for a week leading up to the event, I will just to ensure that I have my full voice. But for those who came out, thank you. And y'all are going to get a special like discount code or we're going to make it so you guys will get first dibs for the next event. You'll be able to get tickets before they go on sale to the general public. But it was such a wonderful time despite the fact that I couldn't speak. I just so enjoyed everybody's company and I cannot thank you enough for spending your hard-earned money to spend the afternoon with me and my friends. All right, let me take a second to tell you all about Nutrafol. So I've been using this hair growth product since May. And ask my hair girl. It's true. Dominique will tell you that my hair to her felt thicker and it looked longer. Now, granted, you know, I see my hair every single day. So I personally haven't been able to tell a difference. But then again, I curl my hair most days. But on the days that I dry my hair reluctantly or I go to dry bar and they dry it, they blow it out, that's when I can really see the difference. So there's two targeted formulas that have been clinically shown to improve your hair's growth and thickness with less shedding. 
So Nutrafol is targeting the five main causes of thinning hair, and they are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support my podcast by going to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LISA to save 15 bucks off your first month's subscription. It's their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you're going to get free shipping on every order. So you're going to get $15 off free shipping. Just go to Nutrafol.com, spelled out N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use my name, Lisa, for that discount. It's been an interesting week. If you live in Texas, then you know all about the new Texas abortion law. It is called the Heartbeat Bill. It's the first heartbeat bill that's become an enforceable law in any state, and I am damn proud of Texas. We're winding back a couple of months. On May 19th, our governor, Governor Abbott, signed the Texas Heartbeat Act. And that means when a baby's heartbeat is detected, you can't go and abort your child. The left loves to throw around words like cardiac activity or the steady and repetitive rhythmic contraction of the fetal heart within the gestational sac. It's a heartbeat. That's what it is. It's a heartbeat. The heartbeat is a universal sign of life. When you hear a heartbeat, that means there's another human inside of you. Therefore, it is no longer your body. Here's our Lieutenant General, Dan Patrick, talking about this new bill that was just passed last week. And this is what he had to say to Fox News. The Supreme Court said in Roe v. Wade, and people never talk about this, that the state has a legitimate interest in protecting the potentiality of life. And that's what Senate Bill 8 does. When we pass this bill, we want to give that little Texan in the womb who has a heartbeat a chance to see their full potential. And so everyone who is speaking against this bill, obviously for whatever their reason, very comfortable with taking the life of a little Texan who has a heartbeat. And in our bill, which has everyone apoplectic on the left, uh, simply says that any doctor who performs an abortion once that doctor detects a heartbeat can be sued by any citizen in Texas for up to $10,000. And anecdotally, Jason, what we hear now are Planned Parenthood abortion centers around the state have stopped doing abortions on little Texans with a heartbeat. That's the purpose of Senate Bill 8. I freaking love Senate Bill 8, and I've probably lost friends over this. I've muted a ton. I'm, I'm sure they've muted me too. But listen, abortion is not a last ditch effort as a means of birth control because you had a whoopsies. You know what gets me about this bill? That there are so many women here in Texas, mothers who have daughters who are appalled and outraged by this bill. They just can't. Their daughters won't have a choice. Do you, so you're telling me you want your child. You want your daughter. If God forbid she gets pregnant, you are for her aborting her baby once there is a heartbeat detected. I can't, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. If you're a mom and you've gone through the ultrasounds and you experienced the heartbeat of your baby. I mean, that was the two most amazing moments of my life was to hear Zach's heartbeat and Ainsley's heartbeat. I don't know how a mother who has her own children can say this abortion bill is bad. Oh, well, then they're going to go and have illegal abortions in back alleys. Well, that would be really freaking stupid. That would be really, really dumb. Really dumb. How about have the baby 
and give it up for adoption. There are thousands and thousands of families in our country that are dying for a baby. I can't tell you when I brought this up over the weekend, how many messages I got from women who were planning on getting abortions and then they heard their baby's heartbeat and that changed their mind. I heard from, from people who were born because of a rape and their mother said the best thing that came from that horrible, horrific, I can't imagine ever being in a situation like that. But the best thing that came out of that was their child. I heard from moms who had daughters who got pregnant on accident. Not the most ideal, but they supported their daughter. And their daughter, I'm talking about two specific messages I got. Two women with two daughters who got pregnant on accident and both daughters delivered their babies and gave the children up for adoption. Think about this though for a second. A week before a baby is born, because there are some states that are cool with you aborting a baby literally five minutes before it's supposed to be born. So it's cool in some of these crazy twisted states to have an abortion basically to a full term baby. But a week later after that child is outside of the womb and born, that's considered murder. I'm extremely proud of my state for initiating this bill. And I pray that every state follows suit. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to my Friday edition of TED Talk. No, but in all seriousness, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But to save you time, don't take any moments from your life to message me and tell me that I'm like a hateful, hurtful person and that, you know, you are against women's healthcare. Abortion is not healthcare. Let me say that again. Abortion is not healthcare. If you want to hear a tremendous podcast, she's like, oh my gosh, in my seat of glory right now. Listen to Liz Wheeler. She breaks it down like you wouldn't believe. I'm going to link her episode on the Texas Heartbeat Bill in the show notes. Take a listen if you stand with us, the voices of the unborn. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. And I'll talk to you right back here next week on the Lisa Page Made Me Do It podcast.